Amen. If you've got a Bible, would you grab hold of it and join us this morning in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 is where we're going to be and, and being able to walk through this, being able to see the things that God has in store for us. Hope you got a Bible. If you don't, there's Bibles in front of you and the chairs in front of you, page number on the screen. Uh, if you're in the front row and you need one, just turn around and ask somebody for a Bible. They'll give you one. If you have an electronic device, you can do that. Uh, one way or another, we invite you to have a copy of the Scriptures. If you're joining us in the overflow or online, same invitation. Just open up God's Word with us, longing that He would meet us today by the, just the authority, the power of His Word, speaking His life, His help, His truth into us this morning. So you have your Bibles there. Let's ask them just a quick moment that God would open up our hearts to what He's going to speak to us here. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's open now before us. Now open up our hearts before you and take truth, your truth, connect it into us, speak to us on this day. Help us to hear in a fresh way what you have to say to us. Give us ears to hear. We're asking help in that right now, and we ask for it together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Christmas Day, this day that we think about what God has done, and I think about how Paul words it there in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, where at the end of this chapter, he just says it this way, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. That's what we're thinking about today, that this place where we're coming to say thanks be to God for what he has given, for his indescribable gift that is unveiled for us and unpacked for us in the accounts of what we see today on the account of, of the birth of Christ, this gift that God has given. So I want you to kind of imagine it that way. I want you to think about it literally that way, like a gift that is given to us, a gift that God brings to us. And so we're going to see that in chapter 2 there. We're going to be looking specifically at verses 10 and 11, but let's go back for a moment. Let's just read this, you know, the account of it all so we have it there before us and see that which God would have for us. Gives it to us this way, just beginning there in verse 4. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. I was so tempted to do like the Bethlehem, you know, but, I, you know, anyway, uh, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign, the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was, and the angels had gone away from them into heaven. 
that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. There's the account, the account that probably you've read so many times. Some of you've read today and are you're reading. Some of you read as families, rightly to see it. And yet I want you to see again just that package there in verses 10 and 11, this place that is God's indescribable gift for us as we think about it. Go back and just read those two verses, 10 and 11. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, look at this, he invites I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Wow. Hey, we think about what's being laid out to us, and there's much honestly, in the text even there that we won't even touch on in all of its detail, but a few things I just want to make sure that you say, that you hear. As we think about this incredible gift, this indescribable gift, he begins by inviting us to see it. Again, do not be afraid, he says in verse 10, for behold. Now, pausing again, you guys understand, behold literally means look. Hey, look at this. Look at what this is. Look what it is. He says it is good tidings. Good tidings, or some of your translations will say good news, which if you know your Bible, then you would actually understand that word good news is so much more than just those words. That's the word gospel. When we think about the word gospel, when we think about the gospel of Jesus Christ or the gospel that is the gospel of our salvation, that is good news. Jesus, that's what I tell you. I want to tell you good news. I want to tell you the gospel. I want to tell you that the hope that God has given, I want to tell you the gospel, he says, that will bring great joy. The gospel that is this, the good news of great joy. Good to hear. Good to even hear right now. And I'll tell it to you this way. If you get even a small part of this, if you were able to even see this a little bit in your life, then you would understand that's, that's, that's more than you could say with words. It is so much more than a little joy. It's great joy. This is incredible happiness. This is incredible overflowing joy that would meet us in this moment that he tells us is here, which he says is for all people. It is for all people. That's worth your hearing. That's worth you even understanding it right now. With that and the authority of the rest of Scripture, I can look at you this morning and tell you there's a gift that God has for you. There's a gift that is for all people. So I have this little you know, image of a present that I'm wanting you to kind of just think about in your minds. If you want to just imagine that for a moment, I want you to imagine kind of pulling up the tag and seeing your name on it. Saying, hey, this is a gift. This is a gift that God wants to give you. This is a gift he's given to all people. This is a gift that is for all people. This is for all to have. And so if I can say it again clearly, it's for you. I don't have any doubt about that. I don't have any question that God wouldn't want you to have this gift, that God is offering to us the gift of what's being laid out to us here. It's for all of us. So hear that. Hear that it's for you. 
almost as if you could imagine this gift and seeing your name on it, and I already can tell you what it is. Well, he gives it to us. You saw it in the text, but see it. He says, do not be afraid, verse 10, for I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. That's the gift. The gift is that God sent one to save us. Now, we know exactly what this is. In fact, in Matthew's gospel, when it unpacks it, it tells us when they told him to call him Jesus. He said, you will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Yeah, he's a savior. He's a savior that came to save us from our sin. That's the gift that God is offering. I think about it in Romans. It it gives it to us this way. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Sin destroys our lives. Sin produces nothing but pain, sorrow, suffering, and death. But God's offering a gift. He's offering a gift that is his son. He says it is the gift of God. It is the gift of God that is eternal life that is found in Christ, that is found in Christ Jesus our Lord. I mean, he's unpacking that for us. He's telling us what it is, and yet he gives us just even more there. You see in verse 11, he says, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ our Lord, who is the Messiah, who is the promised one, who is God himself, who is the Lord given to us, who is the one that's there for us, and so much more could be said. But it's amazing just to pause here and see this. We have this indescribable gift that is good news of great joy for everybody, that there's a Savior, a Savior that would save us from sin, that is, that which would be, that he is Christ, the Messiah, the Lord. And there is, again, an understanding that I would tell you, this is God's indescribable gift. Let me put that verse back up on the screen for a moment because most Bible students look at this reference that Paul just kind of tosses in here at the end of chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians and believe this is exactly what we're talking about, the gift of Christ. That he simply says, hey, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Now, fun little tidbit for you, this word indescribable used in 2 Corinthians 9, it is not used anywhere else in the Bible. It's only used one time in the entire scriptures, and it's there in 2 Corinthians 9. And as a matter of fact, it's not been found anywhere in recorded history. Uh, So in all the Greek literature that people have pursued through, that Bible students have, have looked at, nobody's ever found this word used anywhere else. So it's caused some Bible students to think that this is a made-up word that Paul made up at this moment. Now, I just can tell you, I kind of like that because I make up words all the time. You know, I, I just do. There's sometimes you just, just you kind of undo it. But there's a sense that you look at it and, and almost as if Paul was searching for a word that would describe what we're talking about, and there just wasn't anything. There wasn't anything there. And so he just uses this word indescribable that has the idea of taking something that would be expressed but saying there's no way for us to adequately do that. There's no way. There's no way for us to express or utter or fully see or fully unpack what this is. It is bigger. It is better. It is more beautiful. It is more glorious than anything we could ever do or see. Not that it's wrong to try. 
Not that we don't spend time diving in and gazing at the beauty of Christ and gazing at the beauty of what he is, but there ought to be something almost there right in front of you right now that says, it's bigger. It's bigger than I can understand. It's bigger than we can unpack. We could spend the rest of the afternoon just trying to use you know, metaphors and, and, and similes and, 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 and descriptions, and then we'd end saying, I haven't even come close. I haven't even come close. It's better than that. It's a gift that cannot be described. It's a gift that cannot be uttered in human, human language. It's a gift that cannot be unpacked so simply, but it's so good for us to see. So great for us to step into this and say that's exactly what we have here, that we have a gift that is absolutely indescribable, that is better, that is more beautiful than anything that you could possibly imagine. So I want you to think about that with me just for a few moments this morning, and I want to put it to you again this way. I want you to imagine it, that there really is a gift from God to you. Your name is on the tag. Your name is there. There's so many things that could just be heartbreaking in this moment that that gift could not be what it ought to be in our lives. And there's more than I could say, but I want to give you three things that I want to invite you away from, that I want to invite you not to have happen in your life as you think about this gift. So we think about what that is. I'm just going to put those descriptions up above there, this good news of great joy to all people, a Savior, which is Christ. That's the gift. That's the gift that would be given to us. That's the gift that would be laid out for us. The first thing that could go wrong in that sense is that you could refuse the gift. That right now, it it is possible that there is a sense that God is offering this gift, but it's a gift that can be refused. Think about it this way. So, One of those just amazing verses, the most famous verse probably in Scripture that we quote all the time, and rightly so, John 3, 16, right? God so loved the world that he gave a gift, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God just says, I mean, it's as if he looks and says, I so love all of you. I love all people. This is a gift given to all people. I want to give you my son that if you would believe in him, you would not perish. You would have everlasting life. You would be saved from your sin. But he goes on to say, he who believes in him in Christ is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. It's a gift for all but it's a gift that has to be received. It's a gift that has to be embraced. It's a gift that isn't going to work without that sense of you believing upon that. In fact, it would go on at the end of chapter 3 of John and say it this way, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He who does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. It's a tragedy. It's a tragedy because the gift is given. The gift is given for all, but those who don't believe on Jesus, it doesn't work for them. It doesn't save. It doesn't rescue. Instead, the wrath of God lays there in its finality. To reject Jesus is to reject everything that God gives. In fact, Jesus would say it this way. He who rejects me rejects him who sent me. If you, were, if you, if you look upon just Christ, if you look upon what's being offered and you reject that, You don't take that. You don't welcome that. You're rejecting God. You're rejecting everything that's there, and it is a horrendous tragedy, and yet it is so pervasive across our land. 
I know it's kind of silly, but I'd like you just to try to imagine it. I'd like you to try to imagine somebody, you know, wrapping this beautiful gift, this beautiful gift, and it's got your name on it. And it's cutting closer and closer to Christmas, and there that gift maybe sits under a Christmas tree. And then Christmas Day comes, and then Christmas Day passes, and the gift's still there, and it's still there. Still hasn't been opened, still hasn't been received. Days go by. They, the Christmas tree is put away. All the wrappings come down, and then the gift is kind of pushed into the corner. And, and then days go by more, and then finally the gift is kind of picked up and put up on a shelf somewhere and, and, and tucked away, and yet you could still see it. And, and you still see the name on the tag, and it's like, there's a gift. There's a, there's a gift given, and, and you haven't received it. You haven't received that gift, and, and to not receive that gift is to reject hope. It's to reject life. It's to reject salvation, and yet that is done across our world today. But I just want to ask you. I want to ask you here this morning. Is that you? Are, are you in a place that you are sitting there looking at what God is offering and yet not receiving it? Can I lay out to you, it is a gift, you can't earn this. There might be somebody sitting here this morning. It's like, well, you know, I would take that, but I don't deserve it. I don't really deserve, you know, Jesus. I don't deserve salvation. If I get my life together a little bit more, maybe I'll, I'll actually become serious about this. You can't do that. It doesn't work that way. This is a gift. It's a gift that must be received as a gift. Yeah, It's a gift that has to be. I mean, you probably understand this in some small way. Could you imagine going to somebody and giving them a gift and them going, I'm sorry, I, I can't pay for it. <laughs> you know, yeah, can't, you know, let me get some more money and, and then I'll accept your gift. You'd be like, no, it's a gift. I think about it this way in Ephesians. It tells us, for by grace you have been saved through faith and it is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It is not of works lest anyone should boast. It's a gift. It's a gift that will change you. It's impossible to receive this gift and stay the way you are. That's true. But it's going to fix your life. It's going to save your soul. It's going to rescue you from the, the destruction of sin. It will radically affect your life, but you don't have to earn it. You just have to receive it. You just have to receive the gift. It's a gift. I mean, God goes out of his way saying, this is a gift. This is my gift towards you. And yet the Bible is clear. The majority of our world is rejecting this gift. The majority of our world is, you know, dissing in that sense the, 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 the gift and the love and the grace of God. But this morning, I'm just asking you, on this Christmas day, it would be a terrible thing to be here, to be in this room, to be in our overflow, to be online and kind of be listening and never accept the gift. Never say, if it's a gift, if it's a gift that would save my soul. If it's a gift that would rescue me from sin, if it's a gift that would bring me great joy, why would I, why would I not say, Lord, I, I, yes, please, I, I surrender. I, I want to receive what you have given to me. Today, it would be an incredible, incredible tragedy where that happens, and I just invite it not to be you. Don't be one who refuses God's indescribable gift. Don't be one who rejects what God is offering in Christ. Let it be you today that would say, God, I want that. I want to have what you have given us in Christ. If that's you today. Again, we're inviting you to that. But for some of you, you've received the gift. You, you, you have believed upon Jesus. You are saved. But there's a second danger about this gift, and it's a danger of neglecting that gift, uh, of neglecting what it could be. 
think about it this way. I mean, and I know, I know that makes sense, right? I mean, you, you get neglect. So it's the kind of thing that you get something and somebody gives you a gift and maybe it's a really great gift, but you don't ever use it. You don't ever use it. Maybe it'd be something that would really change your life but you don't use it. I mean, you guys understand, this happens every year, right? For some of you, you you're, you've gotten already this year, you've gotten a gift, and you look at it and you think, boy, it'd be really great if I figured out how to use that thing. You know, uh, it'd be really, it might be really helpful if I did, but you're not going to do it. You're not going to invest the time. It's going to go away. It's going to sit up on the shelf, uh, and someday somebody will pull it off, and they go like, why didn't they ever use it? I mean, this could have turned their life around, why would they have the gift and, and not utilize it? Why would they not say, if this is what it is, then I should, I, I mean, I should do this. I mean, again, let me try another illustration. See, I think about it. I, I have here in my hand a phone. Most of us have one of these. And if you're like most of us, you look at it and you think, this thing is so much more powerful than I know how to use. I think I know how to answer the phone sometimes. Um, but and then you look and they, I mean, you have people like, man, I did this and this and this. And you're like, oh, you can do that with that? Wow, that's kind of cool. Um, but then you don't do anything with it. I mean, it's not the kind of thing you think, okay, if I could, you know, if I could learn more, what, what it could do for me. Now, this is just technology, and I use it as an illustration, but if this is Christ, if this is the gift that saves you, that would rescue you, that would bring you incredible joy, to neglect that gift becomes tragic, and yet it's possible. Think about it in Hebrews. It would say it to us this way. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things that we've heard, lest we drift away if we neglect so great a salvation. I mean, this is a great salvation. Why would we neglect it? Why would we not embrace everything that it is? Why not, would you not dive into it so much more? In fact, in Corinthians, some of you are reading in the Bible with us, and so you just read this a few days ago where it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, we then, as workers together with him, with God, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God, notice, in vain, in vain. Yeah, and then he goes through, and for the rest of chapter 6, unpacks much of what we're just saying. People who kind of accept God, but then also accept the world, and, and kind of live this dual life of dual values, and missing out on everything that Christ can be. Missing out on, on the wonder of what this is. Now, probably there's not anybody in here this morning who could say, oh, I never do that. I, I never would walk in that. We probably, if you're a follower of Jesus, you would recognize the danger here. But on this day, I just want to tell you, there's a gift here with your name on it that if you've believed in Jesus, you've opened. But maybe you have underutilized Maybe you've neglected. Maybe you've, you, you've set it on the shelf and, you know, one of these days I'm going to get more serious about my relationship with Jesus. Yeah, one of these days I'm really going to get, you know, I mean, if it's power like he says and if it's joy like he says, if it's life like the Bible says, I should really not neglect it. Today's a good day to turn it around. Today's a good day to say, God, I, I, I see the gift that you've given me. It's the gift of your son. I don't want to neglect it. I don't want to neglect it. I invite you today to be one that has the gift and then doesn't neglect it. One other quick thought with that. So don't refuse it. Don't neglect it. But let's even say it this way. Don't diminish it. Don't, don't in this sense move away from recognizing how incredibly good this is. Or let's go back to the verse that Paul gives us there in 2 Corinthians 9. Thanks be to God. 
for his indescribable gift. The space is to really be thankful for it, to really, really appreciate what God has done for us. You know, Jesus talked about those who came and, 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 and he healed t- 10 of them and nine of them go away without ever coming back. And one comes back and is thankful. He says, where's the rest? Like, where, where's everybody else? I mean, if, if this gift is what it is, why isn't all of my people responding with incredible joy that would say, I have everything I need in this. This is the greatest thing that could ever be given and it's been given to me. It's been given to me, and if I, if I could see only this, then I would have incredible joy. And then I would have incredible space of, of what he would have for my life, of what he would bring into this. And today, I just want to invite you to do it. See, again, I know I'm speaking to somebody that you're not neglecting necessarily your, your, your salvation. You're pressing into it, but there's a weird space that familiarity breeds contempt, that sometimes you're like, well, yeah, you know, yeah, we... We get to know Jesus. It's really, really cool. You know, he saves us from our sin, rescues us from hell and death and wrath. And that's all really good stuff. And like, wait, do you have any idea what you just said? Like, he saves us from our sin. He rescues us from wrath and death and hell. And why would that not meet us on this day and say, God, thank you. I just want my voice to resound as, as a way of saying thank you for your indescribable gift. That's what I'm inviting you to do today. I'm inviting you as we think about what God has given us in Christ that you would not be one who refuses it, you'd not neglect it, you'd not diminish it. So here's how we're going to process this. As we kind of think about stepping into this, we're going to take some time to take communion this morning. It just seemed like a good space for us to do that. So you can close your Bibles, notebooks, those things that you have open. And I want you to just to think about this with me for a moment. Communion, as you know, is what Jesus gave us not at his birth, but at his death that he gave us the night before he went to the cross to invite us to remember, to invite us to remember what he is for us, what he's given to us, but how good that is for us to do right now, that we would be those on this Christmas morning that would recognize, yeah, this is why he was born. I recognize it. He was born to be a savior, a savior for my sin, which means he was born to die. So I want to do that. So let me quickly walk you through it one more time. Maybe you're here this morning, you're not a follower of Jesus. Hey, today's a great day. It's a good day. It's a good day for you to receive the gift. It's a good day for you here this morning to acknowledge your need of a Savior and to ask Him, ask Him for it, to accept what He has given to you on on behalf of that. Paul tells us when we take communion, it's as if we're just proclaiming the whole gospel. We're saying, hey, this is what we are. We're a people that believe the way of salvation is because Jesus gave himself for us. That's it. We didn't deserve it. We can't earn it. He gave it. And we're a people that have that. And so if that's you this morning, as we take communion, we want to invite you to surrender your life to Jesus. We invite you that you would say, God, I need this, and I'm asking for you to be my Savior. Now, if you're not going to do that, uh, we acknowledge you. We're glad to have you here. But really, this, is, this communion is for Christians. And so if you're not going to surrender your life to Jesus, we just tell you, hey, it's a great space to be present with us, but don't take it. Uh, it's not going to hurt you, but it would be dishonest. This is who we are. But if you're surrendering your life to Jesus, it's a great thing to do. That, that right now you would find yourself saying, I don't want to refuse the gift. I want to open it. It's got my name on it. He gave it to all people. And I'm an all people. I'm an all people. And if, he can, if that's true, then, then, I, then I want the gift. 
Maybe for you, it's not receiving the gift. Again, maybe you've received it, but you've neglected it. As we take communion this morning, I invite you to take it back up and say, God, I, I, I'm hearing again. I'm reminded that this is everything I need, and I have not. I have not enjoyed. I have, I have, I have not you know, invested my life more into this. It's a good day to turn that around and, and recognize the gifts that I've been given. As we take communion, I invite you to, to kind of enter into that place of saying, God, I, I want to walk in the gift that you've been given. Or maybe, again, it's a good space for you to say not to diminish it. That you would say, okay, I want to come and be thankful. It's an interesting thing. Um, even some of the technical terms for taking communion uh, really come. Like if you kind of have a more traditional or a, a kind of different background, you would hear it called the Eucharist uh, and taking what we're going to take part of. And you may or may not know that's actually the word of being thankful. It actually means to come, to come and say thankful. It's taken from Jesus where when he gave it to us, he, he gave thanks to God. And then he said, do this in remembrance of me. So it's a place where we get to come and say, God, I just want to tell you thank you. And maybe you already have today. Maybe it's already been a part of your Christmas morning. But if not, it's a good moment to do it. To, as we take communion, just to say, God, I wanted to come and say thank you. I wanted to be one who is thankful for the greatest gift that could ever be given, the gift of your son, the gift that is life and rescue and help and hope. So here's how we're going to do this. I'm going to take a moment and pray for us, ask God to draw us into the space of communion. The worship team is going to lead us in a song. We invite you to sing that with us, and why they do it, the ushers and greeters are going to pass out the communion elements. There are two cups stacked together. Take both of them. The bottom cup has the bread, the top cup has the juice. Hold those cups, and at the end of that first song, we will walk through and take communion together. But let's ask him for help in that right now, and that he would bring us into this. God, on this day, on this day that we get to come and celebrate the gift of your son, the indescribable gift of your Son that brings our salvation. The good news of great joy that is for all people. This is a Savior who was born, who is Christ the Lord. God, would you meet us in that? And I do pray for any here this morning that have not received this gift. For whatever silly and even obstinate reason that has kept them from accepting the gift of your Son. Would you help them to accept it, to, to say yes, to open, to embrace you? God, would you save? We know that's what you came to do, to save people from their sin. Would you do that this morning? Would you become the savior of these here that don't know you? God, I bring before some that know you, and yet they've lived lives that neglect the glory of what's been given to them, wasting much of their soul, much of their time in the places of this world. God, you've invited us not to neglect so great a salvation. Lord, we leave the past behind us. We can't undo what's behind us. But we can step into the future and say, Lord, help us not to neglect you, to not neglect the greatest joy that could ever be known that is found in you. May we find in you all that we need in life and help. And would you help it to be that we are not those that are neglecting our salvation, not those who are neglecting you, the greatest, most indescribable gift ever given. It is with that that we do want to come this morning and sincerely and literally be thankful. We get ready to take communion this morning as a way of acknowledging your life, the gift of your life, your life who was born on that morning that we celebrate in Christmas, 
And yet you were born to live a perfect life and die for us, to be the Savior that would save us from our sin. Nothing else could do it. Thank you. The words pale, but thank you. God, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for, you, for so loving the world that you gave us your son. Thank you for the gift of your son. Jesus, thank you for, the, for your life, for your death. We step towards it and just wanting to be appreciative and honor that this morning. So Lord, to that, would you wash us? Would you cleanse us? Anything that has us not able to enjoy this this morning as your people, would you wash us and cleanse us? Would you help us to step towards this and to embrace your indescribable gift this morning. We ask for help in that right now. In Jesus' name, amen.